What's up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. I am your host, Hayden Vozar. Today, I have with me a different person. I know it's been three people so far, but a different person. He's Matt Vozar. He's my brother. And yeah, he actually hit me up about, I don't know, a month ago or so and asked me if I wanted to start up First Down Rundown again. I've been trying to over the past semester, but I've just been really busy. And AZ's schedule has been really busy. If you guys remember AZ from last from last season. So yeah, our schedule has been really busy and we haven't really been able to find time. But Matt, Matt hit me up and said, well, now that I have more time on my hands, can I, can I hop on? So I was really happy about that. That actually, that, that warmed up my heart. So yeah. So the way that this season is going to work, this is, this marks a new season. So it's going to be season two of first down rundown. And the way it's going to work is basically I'm going to start a new season every new football season. So I just, I kind of wanted to mimic how an actual football season would go. And so we're starting this one a little bit late. I know the football season has been underway for, you know, a month and a half or actually no two months, a little over two months now. And so, yeah, I know that that's been happening, but we're starting this now and it's a lot earlier than starting in February, like we did last season. So there's going to be a lot more episodes this season. I hope you guys are excited. I sure am. And yeah, we're going to finally get some weekly football content which is actually happening during the season and not just free agency and draft which we did all of last season so yeah I mean without further ado I know you guys want to hear from Matt so I'll just hand it over to him hey guys I'm Matt Bozar I'm Hayden's brother as you mentioned um we're three three and a half years apart uh so I just graduated college uh, a couple months ago got a job, moved up here and uh, don't have homework to do anymore. So that's a, that's been a big change and I got a lot more free time now. Um, and yeah, so I was just, I mean, I thought, you know, it's, it's just kind of, I wanted to, I guess, you know, I, I saw kind of what Hayden and AZ started and I liked the idea and I thought it was cool. And I mean, obviously, you know, I, I know a lot more about sports than Hayden does. So, you know, I'd be like, I'd be a, I'd be a perfect person to come on here for that. Um, <laughs> no. And uh, yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so here we are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And I think we're going to kind of do this a little bit differently, too, in the sense where uh, we're kind of going to make it cross sport in a sense to where, you know, we're going to talk about football for probably about half the time. And then we'll hit a bunch of other sports, too. Pretty much the other you know four major sports, um, you know, we'll get to kind of all of them in this podcast and then kind of going forward, um, you know, also just so that kind of, you know, there, there's a lot there's a there's a lot more, uh, you know, for people to listen to and, and for us to discuss. I think that would just kind of make it, make it, uh, you know, just a, a better product overall. Um, so yeah, so I'm happy to be here. And I mean, without, you know, without taking too much time, like, let's just, let's just get into it. Yeah, for sure. So like Matt said, we do have kind of a lot on the plate for today. We're going to be talking about obviously NFL and college football, because we love football, football is superior. And then we're going to be having a little bit of MLB talk. Matt will probably do most of that because I personally don't really follow baseball. We're going to have, be having a little bit of NBA talk since the season just started, um, a little bit of NHL, and then a little bit of maybe a little bit of PGA at the end. That's golf for people that don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> people probably know that. <laughs> um, yeah, so just to get right into it, let's start off with the first topic, which is NFL, the thing that everybody loves. So our first topic here for the NFL is what means more the Cardinals losing or the Packers winning this past Thursday or last Thursday, I guess. And I just want to start off by saying that 
I think that there's probably going to be a common denominator in terms of the answer here, especially because Matt's a Packers fan. But I think I think that the Packers winning has more has more impact because their roster was just so decimated. They had no Devontae Adams. They had no Alan Lazard. I know Alan Lazard isn't really a big part of their offense, but I mean, he still adds something and that that's still a spot that they have to fill. And on defense, I believe they were, they didn't have Zadarius Smith. They didn't have Preston Smith and they didn't have obviously their best defensive player, Jair Alexander. So they didn't have all of those people and they beat the only undefeated team so far in the NFL. And it was, it was a little bit of a, of a kind of shaky showing from Kyler Murray, but I, I don't think that it's, I don't think it tells too much about their team or at least as much as it does tell about the Packers. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. And obviously, yeah, like you said, I'm a, I'm a Packers fan. So I, I more or less expected that, uh, you know, and, and especially as we've gone throughout the season, I mean, we saw the first game, the Packers, you know, got blown up by the Saints. I mean, it was 38 to three, got absolutely dominated. Um, and you heard Matt LaFleur afterward, he was kind of talking and he, you know, he was basically like, look, we didn't, we didn't really have a preseason. I mean, there was a preseason, there were preseason games, but none of the starters participated in them because of the COVID situation. And, you know, they didn't want to get hurt and everything. And so, um, so you really didn't have any, 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 you know, chemistry. Um, there wasn't any flow to the offense and the defense. And so it, it took a few kind of, you know, a few quarters, you know, you could say to, to get everything uh, underway. And, and that unfortunately, you know, happened in the first game and it was against the saints. And so, you know, the Packers kind of fell down as this team. that's like, Oh, you know, Rogers was unhappy in the off season and, you know, he's, and he's come back now, but you know, it's, it's, it's looking really bad. Well, no, I mean, the Packers are still, you know, a, a very solid team. The roster is, 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 is very solid. And, uh, and of course, you know, you have one of the, one of the, you know, the best quarterbacks of all time to kind of lead that. And so, um, you know, since then they won six straight games and then, you know, you go and they went into Arizona and, and, and took the dub away from them on, uh, you know, last Thursday. And I think that, you know, it's kind of to, to get back to the, to the question here. Yeah. I think it, it definitely, you know, the Packers winning may, you know, is, is more important, or I guess, you know, is kind of the bigger, the bigger storyline coming out of that because at the end of the day too, you know, nobody really expected this from the Cardinals. They came out, you know, they, they were supposed to finish last in the, in the NFC West because you had some, you know, you have some great teams there. And I mean, obviously kind of, we see how that's going, you know, so far, but right. And, and so they, they, they definitely proved a lot of people wrong, but I think a lot of people were still kind of saying, well, you know, they, we just haven't really seen much out of them. They haven't produced, they haven't gotten to the playoffs. We haven't seen Kyler Murray kind of, you know, complete a full season of play. And so, you know, there was a lot of, there was, I think there were, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot of doubts going into that, but, you know, but as he had mentioned, right. The, I mean, the Packers roster was, was completely depleted. Um, you know, they actually didn't have the, first, the top three receivers. Cause so you had, you know, um, um, you know, Devontae Adams, Alan Zard, and Marcus Valdez Scantling was also out. And so their top receiver yeah. was Equinemius St. Brown. I mean, what are we talking about? Here, you know, and, and they had like two practice squad guys. So, so yeah, so there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of, of you know, of, of depth issues there. And they still went into Arizona and took it away. So, um, yeah, so definitely Packers winning is, is a good you know, it's a good takeaway from that. Um, but I think, you know, the Cardinals are still a solid team and, you know, and, and they'll be a contender in the NFC West. They'll probably get to the playoffs and, you know, maybe, maybe we'll even see a rematch of these teams going forward here when it does come to the playoffs. Um, so, uh, 
so yeah, and then obviously, I mean, you know, we heard the news today about Aaron Rodgers and kind of <laughs> that going forward. He tested positive for COVID, and and so um, they won't play. He won't be playing against the Chiefs, uh, you know, this this Sunday. So you know, maybe the the seven game win streak that the Packers are on right now is gonna is gonna falter a bit here with you know with Jordan Love taking over the rein. But uh, but yeah, nonetheless, you know, I think it's 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 definitely more about the Packers winning, and and obviously both teams will be will be fine kind of for here for the rest of the season in the NFC. Yeah, and then obviously we can't we can't count the Cardinals out yet because it was only by three that they lost. I mean, and they lost on basically the last play of the game. They they were I think inside the ten and obviously or maybe the twelve yard line or something. And that throw to to um, AJ Green was just it was just a miscommunication. I mean, honest like they definitely had a great chance to win the game with a touchdown and. If not that, they would have scored a field goal and it probably would have gone into overtime and who knows what, what would have happened then. But right. I mean, you, we can't count, count out the Cardinals and we can't really say that this says a lot about their team because, right, it says a lot more about the Packers being very versatile in terms of depth and everything like that. So, yeah, that was just that was just kind of the first thing that we wanted to get into. And I know that Matt would want to talk about that because. It's the Packers, but moving on to probably one of the hottest topics in the NFL right now, which is the Chiefs. And I was looking on Bleacher Report the, I, I don't know, it was probably two days ago or so. And there was a list of the top six disappointments of the NFL so far. And there was, there was like a little article like they do. And the, the top six, it was a mix between teams and coaches, but the top four were teams and then the last two were coaches. I'm not going to get into coaches because that kind of, that isn't the point of, of this topic, but the top four of the, of the biggest disappointments in the NFL so far goes number one, dolphins, number two, Seahawks, number three, Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs and number four, the Browns. Now, obviously there's four teams here and three of them are just, it's just a team, right? But then we've got, Number three, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. My question is here, is it okay to single out Patrick Mahomes in this, like in, in a headline like this? Because obviously you're looking, you're looking at a whole team regardless of who it is, right? But we know that Patrick Mahomes has been the face of the league for the past two years and undoubtedly the best quarterback in the league the past two years. And so I think what this Bleacher Report article is trying to get at is where is Patrick Mahomes at this year? Obviously, he undoubtedly he has not been the best quarterback this year. Probably not within the top seven to ten, I'd say. He hasn't he hasn't produced and he hasn't really been clicking. You know, he's a lot of people have been pointing out his mistakes and how he tries to play hero ball a lot and how that's maybe not working anymore. But I think it I, th I think it is fair to point out Patrick Mahomes as part of the problem because, yes, he is part of the problem, but he is such an important aspect to their team. And it's not like so I kind of compared this. So the Browns are number four. Right. I kind of compared the Browns to the Chiefs because the Browns are also kind of in a situation where, yeah, their defense isn't their defense isn't as good as a lot of people expected it to be, but also Baker Mayfield is a huge problem in, in Cleveland right now. And Baker Mayfield's kind of disconnect with OBJ. That's 
coming out a lot now. Like a lot of, there's a lot of speculation about, well, OBJ is actually kind of like released from the team by now. I think there was reports today saying that he wanted to come to practice and Stefanski told him no, and basically kind of just like released him from practice. So he's basically not even on the team anymore. OBJ isn't. And there's obviously been some like some outstanding problems with, with Baker Mayfield. And I think that it was fair to put Patrick Mahomes in the headline because he's so elite. Yeah. We expect more from Baker Mayfield, but he's not, he's nowhere near Patrick Mahomes' level. And yeah, he's been better in the past. Like Baker Mayfield has been a better quarterback in the past, but still this year, like we don't expect as much from him. And so obviously it, I don't know. I I think it's fair to put Patrick Mahomes in the headline. Obviously people are probably going to say, well, no, it's not fair because he's a player just like everybody else. You know, there's 11 people on offense. There's 11 people on defense. If you combine that, there's 22 players out there, 22 starters, and they all play a part in it. And yes, the Chiefs defense has been horrendous this season, probably one of the worst in the league. But I think you do have to put a little bit on Patrick Mahomes. And it also gives him to talk, gives something to talk about in the article, other than just the Chiefs defense sucks. And I think I think bolding Mahomes' name and like and really exaggerating how bad he's not how bad but how lackluster in terms of like expect our expectations of him that he's been this season I think that I I think it's fair but I'll let Matt kind of give his take here yeah I'm probably going to go against you on this one I would say it's probably unfair to include uh Mahomes name in the in the title of the article um or you know as a as a subsection of it um and I think it's for, for two main reasons right number one is and, and, you know, Hayden went over this, it's, it's, he's been playing at an unbelievably elite level for ever since he started his first game in the league. I mean, I think his, his record, I think to start his career was like 30 and four or something in the regular season. Um, and, that, and that's insane. And so you, he, he automatically, because he played so well when he was first starting out, he, he garnered so much expectation that by the time, you know, he's essentially coming back to earth, you have, you know, you have, you have everyone saying that he's, you know, that he's fallen off and he's, you know, he's such a disappointment. Well, in reality, no, I don't think he's necessarily a disappointment. He's just, you know, playing at a regular, you know, quarterback's level. Now, yes, he, he deserves to have a lot of expectation because he's the reason that the Chiefs have been so good in large part. Um, but I think, again, you, you know, we had to see this coming. It's not, you know, it, there's regression, you know, especially when you when you talk about, you know, good good quarterback play um, is, is always a given. And I think that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily fair to expect him to be always throwing for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns every season um, because that's not, you know, that's not attainable. And the second reason is, and, you know, kind of Hayden got to this too, was the defense is horrible and normally what's been happening for the past you know three years that the Chiefs have been have been you know running the AFC and and you know in the NFL at large is that they've been playing with leads and so what happens is you know in the beginning of the game the first quarter you know Pat Mahomes throws three touchdowns they're up 21 to three and the game's already over right and the defense doesn't really have to do much and so now that 
you know, Patrick Mahomes has, has regressed in terms of the stat categories and all that. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to, re- they are essentially having to rely on the defense a little bit more and the defense isn't producing for them. And so it, they're kind of in the opposite situation where, you know, the game is going to maybe, maybe be tied at halftime or, you know, where they'll, they'll get out and, you know, the game will start and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll kind of find themselves losing the game. Um, and, and they're just, their team is not built to play like that. Um, and so, yeah. And so I do, you know, I do agree with, with kind of the other teams on the, on the list, but I mean, I would say, so it goes, I mean, I, you know, in case you don't remember, it goes dolphin, number one is dolphins, then Seahawks, then chiefs, then Browns. And, and I would argue that the chiefs are the most disappointing by a mile. I mean, I don't understand why, you know, people would say that the dolphins are the most disappointing team. I get they won, you know, they won, I think they won 10 games last year. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's good. But I, again, I think a lot of that was their defense was playing out of their minds. They led the league in turnovers. And, and I think it was honestly, I think I, to me, it was just a lot of luck. Um, I don't think that, you know, they were necessarily, yeah, it's even, it's even now it's great. Um, but I don't think, you know, he was single-handedly, you know, changing the league by any means. Um, and so, and you have, right. And to be honest, Ryan Fitzpatrick won a lot of those games last year it was not to attack by Lola. And so, you know, now we kind of see that Tua is not, he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't know the offense as well. Um, and so, you know, you, you kind of see now what the team is supposed to be um, going into the season. They have a lot of expectations and I think they're, you know, they're expected to win, you know, nine or 10 games again. And that's just not going to happen. You have to include the defensive regression. You have to, you also have to include switching to a new quarterback, um, and, and the weapons are okay. You know, Jalen Wall has actually been doing well and I think quietly having a good season, but, um, but right. I, I don't think they, sh- I don't think they should be the, the most disappointing team so far. And the Seahawks as well. I also don't agree with that. I think, you know, I guess the first, I guess, five games or so, you know, with Russell Wilson weren't as good as they were projected to be. Um, but again, I think, you know, he's essentially having to do the same thing as Patrick Mahomes at this point where the defense is terrible and you know, the offensive line is horrible and he's running for his life all the time. And sure, he has great weapons on the outside and he throws those deep balls like it's grandma making cookies in the oven. I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's just, it's it's amazing, you know, when he drops that in the bucket there. But, but right, you can't expect him to do that every single time down the field. And so now that he's hurt and they're with Geno Smith, I mean, I, honestly, like Geno Smith's done just as good a job. You know, they lost by three to the, uh, to the Steelers in overtime. They lost by three to the, to the Saints, you know, Monday Night Football. And then they just, you know, crushed the Jags. So, um, yeah, so I think the Seahawks are doing okay. You know, I expect them to be on the list, but I don't think I don't think they've you know they're more disappointing than the Chiefs. Um, and then you know, can you know Hayden kind of went over the Browns, and I think that there is just they just have they just have a lot of talent, and they just don't. I, I think they don't necessarily have a have a great plan for execution in terms of how to utilize all the talent they have. You know, so many names and so many stars, and I think that a lot of times you know when when those kind of egos and personalities come to the forefront. It, it ends up being a little bit, you know, a little bit dicey in terms of kind of, you know, being able to mesh everything together. And, and they're a running team to begin with. And I think that, you know, I mean, Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb have been out for the past couple of weeks. And so, you know, it, right there alone, like you're going to, you're going to lose some games because of that. I mean, Baker Mayfield's a, you know, he's an accurate passer, but he, he doesn't really, he hasn't really shown the ability to, you know, just launch it down the field and, and kind of lead his team to a victory. And so, you know, when your running game's not working too well, you're, you're not going to win that many games. So, yeah, I mean, so to kind of close up this topic, I definitely agree with the teams that the list had on there i just don't think the order was correct at all yeah for sure i i would agree with that i didn't even really think of of the order being out of whack and everything like that but i mean yeah that that totally makes sense and i agree that chiefs definitely have been the, the most disappointing in terms of expectations for them for for this season 
Now we're going to move out of the NFL. We've, we've kind of gone a little bit over what I would have liked for this section, but we're moving on to college football here. I know that last season we had one episode. It was the, the sixth episode. It was kind of a short one that I did with my friend Mitchell, if you guys remember. But yeah, we did, we did that one episode on college football, and that's kind of introduced college football into this season. And lucky us, we got the college football playoff their first ranking of the, of the teams and their, their first top 10 or top 25 teams of the season, as opposed to the AP poll. And so we'll be kind of comparing the college football playoffs ranking and as opposed to the AP polls um, weekly rankings. And so if you guys didn't see the, the college football playoff show last night, the top 10 teams goes one Georgia, two Alabama, three Michigan State, four Oregon, five Ohio State, six Cincinnati, seven Michigan, eight Oklahoma, nine Wake Forest, and 10 Notre Dame. And so the first thing that I want to get into here, and this is probably on everybody's minds, but with the AP poll and what we've been seeing ever since, I don't know, I don't remember when they were first ranked number two, but we've seen Cincinnati at number two for the past several weeks. And obviously the college football playoff ranking is going to be different because it's a college football playoff and it's a whole different ball game when it comes to the playoff conferences come into play. Strength of schedule comes into more into play, I would say. And now Cincinnati's sitting at six, right? We've got Alabama replacing them at two, which is a little bit controversial because basically if Alabama loses another game, there's almost no way they can make it. They can make the playoff because I don't know if the committee would let in a two loss team into the playoff. And so I don't know, kind of what I got, what I want to get at here is Cincinnati dropped so low to six behind Ohio state. And they've been ranked at two for the whole season. And we have, we have a topic here saying, why does the AP poll suck? And I think that Matt's going to get into that and get into kind of use Cincinnati as an example. But I wonder, I wonder if they put Cincinnati too low, especially because if they're not in the top four, why does it really matter? You know, obviously we can probably agree that if, if Ohio state and Cincinnati played tomorrow, there, most of us would agree that Ohio state would win that game. Okay. Cincinnati has one good win. It was on the road at Notre Dame and it was, it was, it, it was, it was a strong win, but they have nothing else going for them. They play, they play SMU, I think in two weeks, maybe. And SMU is the only other, their only other ranked opponent, I think um, for the whole season, if SMU is still ranked by that time, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't really see how you can put Cincinnati at six. I think, I think putting them at five outside of the playoff would be good for now, but I mean, obviously Cincinnati needs to win out. Oregon needs to win out of course, because they lost against Stanford. And so a pack, a two loss pack 12 team is not going to make it in. We know Georgia is number one undeniably. And until they lose, which I don't, I can't see happening until they lose, they're going to be number one and they're going to win the championship. But basic. So I, I don't know, I guess that kind of, devalues everything I've been saying, but 
I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think also Al- people got mad about Alabama being number two. I don't really see that. I don't I don't see how that can make you mad because they still have, as of now, I would say Bryce Young is probably the Heisman favorite, but I don't I don't know. There's there's many cases for the Heisman right now, but I mean they, they have a Heisman favorite on their team at quarterback, and so does Michigan State and Kenneth uh, Kenneth Walker, but. Again, I mean, Kenneth Walker is a running back and Bryce Young's a quarterback. Michigan State had a huge win over Michigan. I'm I'm kind of happy. I don't like Michigan. I always hate on Michigan, but I, I kind of like how Michigan State or M- Michigan stayed kind of they, they stayed up there, right? Because yeah, they lost in a shocker. They were up 30 to 14 and I think the third quarter it was and they got beat by Michigan State, and it was pretty much single-handedly by Kenneth Walker. But I'm glad to see that Michigan didn't fall too far, and that that, that shows that the college football playoff committee is far superior in terms of rankings. Because I bet you, if it was the AP, if if it's the AP poll that's making that that's making the decision, Michigan's probably going out of the top ten if they lose to Michigan State. I know that Michigan State, you know isn't it like they weren't a bad team before playing Michigan. They were, I think they were still top 10, but Michigan definitely deserves to be top seven. I would maybe put them at, I, I don't know if I'll put them ahead of, ahead of Ohio state. Wow. <laughs> that was really bad, but <laughs> yeah. Um, also wake forest. I don't even uh, wake Forest them too. I mean, they're, they're undefeated, but I don't know if they deserve to be there just because their defense is, so bad like they they have an incredible offense and I actually went to the game where they played UVA and we I mean we got our butts handed to us that I'm not gonna lie and they looked really good and I think at the time they weren't even ranked but ever since they've just climbed up the rankings and everything but I don't know if they should be put in front of Notre Dame that's I don't know if that's fair in my opinion I don't know I'm, I'm kind of just rambling I, I, I want to hand it over to Matt here yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you know, I think, right, you, you hit the nail on the head. The, the biggest story coming out of this is, is Cincinnati at six. Um, but I, I, can, I can understand an argument, and I think that I know why they did it. So you have in front of them Georgia and Alabama. Obviously, you, you touched on this a little bit. Here's the deal. What's going to end up happening here is Georgia and Alabama are going to play in the SEC championship. And it's going to depend on who wins that game, right? So if Georgia, win, if Georgia wins out, and they won the SEC championship over Alabama. Alabama, two loss Alabama, even though they're Alabama, I do think will be out because you'll have all these other teams who are either undefeated or they've won their conference championship and they've won it convincingly. And Georgia just and, and Alabama, you know, will, will kind of hopefully they'll they'll find a kind of finally kind of you know take Alabama out. Um, and then obviously, you know, we have we have some more time to play, so we'll see how that see how that goes. Michigan, Ohio State, or Michigan State and Ohio State, they're three and five. Michigan. I don't know. Michigan State has been so, I want to call them fraudulent, but it's like every time they're in one of these games, they just find a way to win. I mean, we saw them on Saturday. They're down 30 to 14 in the fourth quarter against Michigan. They stay and they score, you know, the, 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 for the rest of the game, they outscore Michigan 23 to three. And it's like, I, I don't, I, and a lot of that has to do with Kenneth Walker and, you know, and Hayden touched on that, but, but yeah, but it's like coming up here, there is going to be an insane Big Ten gauntlet. Essentially, what's going to happen is Ohio State, and again, Ohio State looks looks amazing, right? But it's like they essentially Michigan State has to play Ohio State. Ohio State also has to play Michigan. 
Penn State has to play Michigan State, I believe. I think I don't know if they've already played yet. Um, they do, yeah. But, I think they still have a plan. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so you have all of this craziness that can happen, and essentially, you know, what I think, you know, it's a, it's definitely a possibility where you know both Ohio State and Michigan State could could lose twice by the time that they're in the Big Ten championship. And I mean, you know, a team like Wisconsin, you know, they they went out, they're in the Big Ten championship. So it's it's crazy how this is going to work out, and I don't think we're going to really get an answer anytime soon um but but i think that i think the committee put cincinnati at six because they're expecting a little bit of craziness with what's going to go on with these with these bigger conferences the teams that they have left you know the teams that that the, that the top teams have on, have left on their schedule as well as the conference championship um you know and and, and hayden touched on a little bit too like right you know Oregon has to go to Utah. They have to play Utah. And sure, you know, nobody really hears about Utah, but I'm a huge, you know, I'm a huge college football fan. Going to Utah is 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 not an easy task. Um, you know, we we just saw Arizona State, you know, they went to Utah, they were up, it was great, you know, whatever Utah wins it up, like they outscored them by like 28 in the second half, they take the game. Kyle Woodingham is the Utah coach. He he has just built, you know, a, a, an insane program down there. And they've had so much. I mean, you guys, if you guys have watched any game day um, action so far this year, Utah has been through it. I mean, they've had two, I think two of their players have died in the last month and it's been like tragic accidents. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why they're not, you know, I, I think they, they definitely be in the top 25 if it weren't for that. So, so right. So, you know, we're just going to have to go through them. They're going to have to win the Pac-12 championship. And we all know how the Pac-12 always works. They all just beat up on each other. So I don't think Oregon's going to be there by the end of the year. Michigan State, I, I just don't think Michigan State's going to be there. Again, you know, they, they always find a way to win. I just, it just seems like, I think their, def- their passing defense is like 100th in the country or something. They're allowing like over 300 passing yards a game. Um, and Ohio State's really picked it up ever since they, ever since they lost to Oregon. So, um, so one of those teams will be out. And, and I think, you know, again, Cincinnati will probably win out and, and, and there, there will be a spot for them. The interesting thing, and I know Hayden, Hayden kind of talked about Wake Forest, but we have another undefeated team in the top 10, and it is Oklahoma, the Big 12 darlings who have escaped by the skin of their teeth in every single game that they've played. And I don't know how they've done it, but they keep winning. They had a quarterback change. You know, you had the, the Heisman favorite, Spencer Rattler. Now he goes down, and Caleb Williams is going to be the, you know, the Heisman favorite. I, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know how they keep doing it, but they keep winning games. They're nine and zero. They're the only nine and zero team in the in the, in the country right now. They had a bye week this week, um, but them being at eight, I mean, dude, you know. And and so I just kind of said, you know, in, for Cincinnati's case, you know, right, the SEC teams, the Big Ten teams, like they're all going to experience some sort of you know craziness coming up here. But is it enough for Oklahoma to 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 you know be springed or sprung all the way to the top and inside the top four? I don't know because it's it's very real possibility that they went out. Now they, in terms of the strength of schedule so far, they have not played anyone, and they have a gauntlet coming up. I think they, I think they play. They play Iowa State at home. I think they have to go to Stillwater and play Oklahoma State. And I think they have to play um, – there's there's another team left too. And so their, their last three games are going to be tough. And if they stay undefeated, it could be – you know, that could, there can be some craziness there. So there's a lot that can still happen. And I think that that's kind of the the, the thing here and, and why we don't – we really shouldn't spend too much time on it, even though we kind of already have. Um, it's the first It's the first ranking by the, by the college football playoff committee yeah. and everything is going to change. And I mean, everything can change, you know, within a week. Um, and so this, this, I'll kind of use this to kind of transition into, um, you know, what Hayden touched on a little bit earlier in, 
terms of the AP poll. Um, and I just think that it's so, the AP poll sucks, all right? We have to, we just have to come to a common agreement. Everybody in society needs to agree that the AP poll is terrible. It ranks based on record and it ranks based on the quality of the school that people think that the school is. A perfect example is Texas A&M. Now, Texas A&M has improved over the course of the past, however, you know, three, ever since they beat Alabama, actually, because Calzada, their quarterback, he's been amazing. All right, cool, I get it. They started out ranked number seven. They started two and three, or two and two or something. They lost to Mississippi State. They beat Colorado by three points, and they're out of the top 25 and they were ranked seven and they kept being ranked in the top 25. I, I got so mad because I was like, they're not a good football team, but they keep getting ranked because it's Texas A&M. Uh, and so I think, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of infuriating how they do that. And Hayden was mentioning, you know, Michigan in terms of being outside the top 10, Michigan's nine and, and they're only in front of Wake Forest, uh, you know, Wake Forest is 10. And so it, you know, they dropped all this way to, you know, to a team that's in Michigan state who, you know, I, I know I, I kind of, you know, knocked on a little bit earlier, but they're, they're a solid team um, and Oregon's at seven. And it's like, they've all, all they've done is beat Ohio state. Who's the best, you know, the fifth best team in the country, but wait, in the AP poll, Ohio state is ranked in front of Oregon. Like, what are we doing? Oregon yeah. went to Columbus and they beat Ohio State. Why are they ranked below Ohio State? So that's just kind of my rant on that. The one thing I will say with the AP poll is they, they respect the power for, or the um, the group of five conferences a little bit more. And one thing I want to want to point out here is UTSA from the Conference USA. Nobody's talking about these guys. They're eight and zero. And if they can get past UAB in two weeks, they have UTEP coming up this week. They're gonna blow them out. If they can get past UAB in the next week. UTSA is going to go 12 and 0. They're going to win the Conference USA. And sure, they won't be able to you know, compete with Georgia. I get it. But it's just like you want to see something that represents these conferences a little bit more. We saw the same thing happen to Coastal Carolina last year. You know, they went undefeated. They didn't get, they played BYU, they beat BYU with Zach Wilson, with everybody. So you see this kind of happen over and over again where, you know, the, the, the college football playoff committee really, really emphasizes your strength of schedule, your strength of record, the teams you play and the conference you play in, which you can't really do much about. Cause again, like I said, you know, I mean, let's down the list here. Right. So I think, you know, you know, Kentucky was ranked, you know, like 18th or whatever in the, in the college football playoff uh, top 25, they would probably beat UTSA if they, if they played tomorrow, but it's like, it's just interesting how that works. And I love seeing these little guys, you know, kind of come up here. Um, and then I think to kind of harken back on Cincinnati, just for, just for one more second here, um, they, so as Hayden mentioned, they still have to play uh, SMU and they also still have to play Houston and both of those teams are ranked in the AP poll top 25, but neither of them are ranked in the college football uh, top 25, um, the, the playoff committee top 25. And so that's going to essentially, you know, devalue those wins a lot because they're great AAC teams and they, and they, you know, they play their seasons well, SMU and, and Houston, they both lost once. Um, and, and SMU's loss was to Houston last week on a kickoff return touchdown last second. So, um, yeah, so we see that, you know, that I think that, you know, Cincinnati's the rest of their schedule, they're going to have to win out. They probably will win out. Um, but I think the one saving grace for them, too, is the win over Notre Dame. I mean, the, you know, the only two chances they had to schedule out-of-conference teams on their schedule, it was Indiana and it was Notre Dame. Indiana's been extremely, you know, disappointing, but, you know, kept, 
Penix got went down again. He got hurt again. Indiana has been, you know, very bad this season. Um, but, but Notre Dame, man, they, the rest of their schedule, I think, you know, they played Georgia tech, they played Navy this week. Um, and so they're going to win out probably. And Notre Dame will probably end the season 11, one, they're not going to make the college football playoff, but Cincinnati's going to have that win on their record. And Notre Dame's going to probably be a, a, definitely be a top 10 team, maybe, you know, top, top six, top seven. So, um, so I think that'll help propel Cincinnati when it gets to it. But right. I think the overall, you know, kind of, kind of message here is that there's there's going to be a lot that happens you know from here on out and, and so we're not going to bank on anything happening you know as as of right now um so the other thing that we want to hit it on and and Hayden mentioned a little bit earlier too is uh you know what our Heisman picks are as of right now obviously there's a lot of front runners but uh but we can each kind of go over just one person quickly that we want to that we want to highlight yeah for so for the Heisman here I originally so pretty much every week leading up until this week I've had Kenny Pickett as kind of my sleeper pick for the Heisman. And like I said, Bryce Young right now, he's according to Bleacher Report, he's in the lead for the Heisman, which I think he kind of has been ever since, ever since Spencer Rattler kind of declined like the first game of the season. <laughs> Bryce Young's pretty much been up there, but Kenneth Walker's jumped all the way to two in Bleacher Report rankings after, after his performance, which I think is kind of fair because I mean, let's be honest, he's the only running back in the top five right now, like top five running kind of objectively. And so, the other, I mean, the other running back is B. John Robinson, who was also kind of, he was also kind of a front runner at the beginning of the season, but he hasn't really done much, especially because Texas haven't, hasn't really done much this season. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of confusing. But yeah, I mean, Kenny Pickett, he has 26 touchdowns, I think, three interceptions. He did have a bad interception against Miami, which cost him the game actually. And the, and um, Pitt hasn't had the best record. I think they're, they're six and two, I think. Yeah. Six and two. And so, yeah, obviously they, they haven't had the best record and that kind of like record, sadly, it kind of does feed into a, um, a Heisman prospects um, evaluation, but which, I mean, it should, because, especially in the quarterback situation, you're the if you're the quarterback of the team and your team doesn't have a good record, then, then you're not like, you know, you can't be the best player in, in all of college football. But I mean, let's be honest, like Kenny Pickett has put up in, in, in the two losses. Okay. And in, in Pitt's two losses, Kenny Pickett has put up in the first one, 382 yards, six touchdowns, one interception, plus 57 rush yards, which is really good for a quarterback. And then in the second loss, 519 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Okay. Obviously the interceptions a little bit, you know, a little bit shaky, but looking at this, all three of his interceptions have come in the losses. Okay. And so going by that trend, if, if Kenny Pickett doesn't throw an interception, okay, this is, this is objective, but if Kenny Pickett, According to what's happened, if he, if he doesn't throw an interception in the game, they win. So basically what I'm saying is if they win out, it, assuming that Kenny Pickett doesn't throw another interception, assuming that, you know, they, they, keep, they keep their record perfect from here on out, then I don't know. I think that Kenny Pickett should win it because he's also like he's, – he's a very fun quarterback to watch. I know, yeah, Bryce Young runs the ball a lot and makes plays. Matt Corral, the same thing. I mean – Matt Corral is an, he's an electric player. He just, he and Lane Kiffin just 
clicks so well. And I think that's part of the reason why he's so good. But I, I don't know. I think Kenny Pickett's just kind of like he's he, he's kind of the underdog in terms of the top, you know, the top like six or seven guys right now. And I, I don't know. I, I, I just want him to win. I want to see him win because also Pitt hasn't really had they kind of can't really get over that hump in terms of how, how well their team does and, you know, get over the hump in, in, in the rankings and everything. So I don't know. I just want to see somebody from Pitt do it. And I think Kenny Pitt, Kenny Pickett's your guy because right. He hasn't been terrible in, in their losses. I mean, yeah, he, he threw a couple of picks in their losses, but I mean, he made up for it with yards and touchdowns. I mean, he threw six touchdowns in a loss, dude. I mean, come on. You got to put that on the defense. So I don't know. I, I think, I think Kenny Pickett's definitely my pick. Um, yeah um so yeah no i mean i agree i think you know it's 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 unfortunate they lost to miami this past weekend if they would have won out they would have been an acc championship he would have gotten more, a lot more notoriety i think it's again it's just you're stuck in a northeast school playing in the acc and so you're not going to get that much uh you know that much credit so i'm gonna have two guys here i mean so there's one guy it's, 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 should win it. There's one guy that I just kind of want to mention for fun. The guy who should win it is clearly Kenneth Walker the third. I mean, this guy's been absolutely insane the entire season so far. He leads the nation in rushing, and it, that, that's almost impossible to do at a Power Five school, much less the Big Ten, who is known for these stout run, de- run defenses. You know, the, the the scores are always like 13 to 10, um, yeah. and this guy's leading the entire country in, in rushing. And so, and and we saw it on we saw it on Saturday. I mean. It's the biggest game, of possibly the best game of the year. I mean, I love watching that game. Um, and he had 197 yards and five touchdowns against Michigan, who was 7-0. They were, you know, inside the top 10. And it's like, not only has he led the, was he, you know, leading the country in rushing before that, but he got to that game and he and you, you expect, okay, yeah, he may, he may, you know, lay down a little bit. No, he had the best game of, of the season against the best team that they faced. And so it's just like anything that they do, um, you know, they can, they can, you know, he, he, he'll carry them there. And the, the really interesting part about this, and it's, it's crazy when you think about it is because Wake Forest, as we mentioned before, they're eight no, they've been playing out lights out the entire year. Um, and the crazy part is Kenneth Walker transferred from Wake Forest. He transferred from Wake Forest to Michigan State over the offseason. Imagine if Kenneth Walker was at Wake Forest right now. They would be putting up 100 points a game and not even looking twice. Not even thinking about thinking twice about it. Um, and, and so it's really interesting how that's kind of worked out because, yeah, I mean, it, it would be crazy to think about, you know, about how good Wake Forest is going to be. So I, I really hope that, that you know, that he kind of continues promote performance and, you know, in, in that sense that Michigan State doesn't falter too much, um, you know, because I, I really love when, when a non-quarterback wins the Heisman. I think it's it just – the other guys are so deserve so deserving of it and it's like sure you know if Alabama wins out Bryce Hall or uh, you know Bryce Young is going to win the uh, going to win it and it's like did he really do that much or was it just the Alabama defense and all his great receivers that are you know John Mechie and all them that are going to you know that are going to you know just make him better so I don't know so I, I would love to see Kenneth Walker win it wins and I hope he does another guy I wanted to mention who's never going to be talked about but Brandon Armstrong man I mean you know we I mean Hayden both went to UVA but th- and it's not a homer thing yeah. this guy is putting up numbers I mean he I just it's ins- I don't know how it's happening and I again it's it's so funny because I was I was at UVA, you know, like you know, the last four years. But before Brandon Armstrong, the offense was it was just it was weird. You know, you can never really count on a lot of scoring and whatever. And now it's like 
I don't, I don't even know what I'm watching. It's like a wing team mixed with the spread offense. It's like this, yeah. it's, people are noted, like he's throwing a number 99. He's throwing it back to number zero. It's, it's I, don't, I have no idea what's going on. But yeah. somehow, I mean, they're putting up numbers and points and glory. And it's like he's thrown for, I think the lowest amount of yards he's thrown for in the season is like 367. And against um, BYU on Saturday night, I mean, and if you didn't watch that game, boy, you know, you, you should stay up for some late night college football because the game ended 66 to 49. BYU won the game. Brennan Armstrong went out, I think, in sometime in the like, early third quarter. But by that time, he'd already accrued 300 like 380 yards and four touchdowns passing and like 94 yards and two touchdowns rushing. I mean, this guy is the, is insane. So he's putting up great stats and obviously he's not going to win the Heisman because UVA is not good, but just, it was just kind of fun to mention him. Yeah, dude, you know, it's crazy. I actually, I walked by the, the barbershop on the corner and the, for those of you who don't go to UVA, the corner is kind of like, it's not like downtown. It's, it's, it's like a strip of restaurants and shops basically um, that's right near UVA downtown. That's where all the off-campus apartments are and everything. But I went, I walked by the barbershop today and I actually saw Brennan Armstrong getting his haircut. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But he actually, um, my roommate was, was in the barbershop with him, like getting his haircut. And I think Brennan Armstrong walked in and started like talking with him and the barbers and everything. And he was saying that, um, he was saying that, so he, I think he went out in the fourth quarter with a rib injury or something like that. But he's, he was saying that he got the, he actually got the injury in the first quarter, and all the everybody says that he got it in the in the fourth quarter, but he actually got it in the first quarter, and he probably just couldn't go on. But I, I think it's it's like one broken rib or something. I don't know. I don't know how many it is, but I know it's broken ribs, which that's just always tough. But yeah, that was that was just kind of cool. I don't know, and I was kind of happy that Matt brought Brennan Armstrong up because I didn't know how else I was gonna kind of fit him in there but yeah this is wow this has been a huge topic on college football I I honestly didn't think that we were going to get this much time on college football but I'm glad we did because it it's kind of in full swing right now and it definitely like there's a lot more implications in the next few weeks for college football than there are for NFL because college football regular season is kind of winding down so moving on I know we have to say goodbye to football, but yeah. So this next half or maybe like third ish, I don't know. We're kind of, we've, we've, we've gone over, we've, we've had a, we've spent a lot of time on, on football, but yeah, I mean, our next topic here is MLB. And like I said, I, I probably won't talk about much, but all I, all I do want to talk about is the world series because that's the literally the only baseball game that I watched this whole season. So, well, games, I guess. I mean, it's not one game, but um, yeah, I, I watched, most of game one, I think, and then some of game and some of game six. Obviously, it ended game six. Braves won four to two. And they finally have after I don't know, like 26 or 28 years, I can't remember. They finally have won another World Series, and it's great for them, especially great for Freddie Freeman, who has been waiting for something like that. And he finally has done it. He's he's like the Larry Fitzgerald of the MLB, dude. He has done basically everything except for win a world series. And he was finally able to do it. And he did it with the team that he stayed loyal to for his whole career. So yeah, basically the only thing I want to say about the world series was last night, this made me a a proud non baseball fan, but last night was, was, was pretty electric because it was, it was still zero zero. And I think it was the third inning 
and Jorge Soler was at bat for so long. I mean, it was, it was a full count and he, there was a couple fouls like mixed in into the count. And then after it was a full count, he had two foul balls and I was watching and I was like, dude, first of all, Jorge Soler is huge. I don't know his dimensions, but he's just like, he's, I don't know. He's just the epitome of what you would expect an athlete to be. And so, yeah, so he, he pops off two foul balls and I'm like, dude, something's about to happen. And of course it happens. He, it was another breaking ball. I think, I think it was Garcia um, from the, from the Astros. He, he pitched another breaking ball. He was doing it the whole entire count. He pitched another breaking ball. And obviously Soler has found him out by now. And he just catches it right off into, into left field. And it, you know, goes way past, like way over the, over the wall, it goes over the, over the railroad tracks behind the stadium and dude, Soler does the coldest thing of all time. He, I don't, dude, this was insane. He literally like, he looks over, he drops the bat. Obviously he looks over to the Braves dugout and then he gives two like chest pumps or like, like chest slaps and then points at the, at the, at home plate and then just starts running around. Dude, it was so sweet. Oh my gosh. I was, I was sitting there and I was like, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I never really watched baseball, but I was like, I was, I became a baseball fan, dude. It was, it was so sweet, but yeah, I mean, congratulations to the Braves, you know, they, they, they definitely deserve it. And they were a huge underdog like throughout the whole season, basically. So yeah, I mean, I, it was, it was cool watching the world series and honestly, it probably, it, it definitely makes me want to follow baseball more in the future. So maybe next season I'll be not much of a, a baseball Grinch, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely congrats to the Braves. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that, that just kind of speaks to baseball as a whole, and that's how the sport is, is it's, it's very tense in the moments, in like the dying moments of the playoffs. Um, but, you know, when you when there's a regular season that consists of 162 games, and each of those games are about three hours or more, who who would watch that? Who watch, Unless you're at the game, it's not fun. Playoff baseball is completely different. Um, you know, it's it's a great atmosphere. Again, the games are still pretty long, but you know, but but we kind of you know you, you you can get you can get past it. So, um, but yeah, no, congrats to the Braves for sure. I think the cool thing about this this playoff series um, was was that you know you had teams that that weren't necessarily supposed to win. You know, just just get hot at the right time and 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 go as far as they did. Um, and it was kind of you had an interesting story in, the, in you know kind of inside the microisms of the uh, of the, of the World Series where the Astros obviously they were bagged for cheating a couple of years ago when they won the World Series. They came back with essentially the same lineup, different manager Dusty, Dusty Baker. He's been there forever. He's been you know he's been in baseball forever, and he's he's an amazing manager. And so it would have been kind of cool to see as much as you know we all praise the integrity of the game and we never want to see cheaters win well at the same time you know this guy was basically like all right cool i'll take this exact same roster which was already already good one to begin with so it would have been interesting to see you know if the astros did win kind of what the what the narratives would be would be there but uh but yeah and and so i think kind of the 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 more interesting thing to me at least because you know i kind of care about the minutiae of the game um the more interesting thing to me occurred earlier in the playoffs when the Giants faced off against the Dodgers. Now, if you don't follow baseball, you have no clue what I'm talking about. But essentially what happened was the Dodgers and the Giants are in the same division. And I'm going to compare this to football a little bit for, for obviously for the football fans out there. They play in the same division. It's kind of the same as how football works with divisions, right? 
both the Dodgers and the Giants won more than a hundred games in the regular season. And that's like, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good mark. That's like, you're a legit team. If you win a hundred games, they were the only two teams in the entire MLB to reach a hundred to, you know, to win over a hundred games in the regular season this year. But because they're in the same division, the Giants had like one more win, I think, than the Dodgers. So they get the automatic, you know, bid into the playoffs. So they're in the playoffs. Okay, cool. And the Dodgers then, despite having the second best record in all of baseball, they have to play a wild card game against the Cardinals, who were like, the Cardinals only got into the playoffs because they went on a 17-game winning streak or whatever it was, and, and they got super lucky. But the Dodgers have to play the Cardinals, and if the Dodgers, in a one-game play, again, these are, these are seven-game series, one-game playoff series, or one, you know, one-game uh, you know, playoff game, and, and if the Dodgers lose, they're out. They're out of the playoffs. They can't even play for a World Series, despite being the second-best team throughout all of baseball. And so that was really interesting for me, and obviously the Dodgers did win that game. They went on to play the Giants. They then beat the Giants um, in the first, you know, in the AL, uh, ALDS, the, the first, um, uh, you know, playoff playoff series but uh but yeah it's just interesting and, and i think you know if we're going to compare the cnfl a little bit to, to kind of make it more understandable that's essentially like saying you know and i think a good example to use is the nfc west this year right you have the rams you have the, you have the cardinals that's essentially like saying the rams and the cardinals both go 14 and 3 this year and then you know whoever has the the tiebreaker you know i guess the cardinals already beat the rams so let's say the, the cardinal get the one seed the, the Rams are not the two seed in the playoffs. So it kind of works the same way as the NFL. But if this is like saying, you know, the, the Rams essentially have to play one quarter of football against like, you know, some other NFC team that they'll, they'll make the playoffs, you know, like let's say like the Cowboys or whatever. And if they lose that quarter of football, then despite going 14 and three, they're just out of the playoffs completely. They can't even play despite being one of the best teams in the league. So it's, it's, it was just, it was interesting how that kind of worked out with the baseball season this, uh, you know, this year. Obviously it didn't matter because, the Braves beat the Dodgers in the ALCS and, and they moved on. Um, and so, yeah, so it was definitely, a, definitely a good story, um, you know, in that sense. Um, and so then I, I guess kind of, you know, as a wrap up to the MLB season, obviously since it's over, we won't be talking about it, you know, anymore kind of on this podcast. So um, I just was kind of posing the question, who slash what is the future of baseball and does anyone care? Um, because again, you know, as Aiden was saying, like, you know, if, if you're not really following the sport, if you're not following what's happening, you don't really care about baseball. You don't want to, you definitely don't want to watch it. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm probably of all the four major sports, baseball is my least favorite, just to be, just to be perfectly honest. I mean, I know what's happening because I follow sports and I, you know, and I kind of, that's my thing. Um, but, but right. I think, you know, we have some young stars in the game. We have Fernando Tatis. We have obviously where you know, Soler is, is, is kind of an up and comer. You know, we have some great pitchers, um, and, and but I think it's you know outside of you know some fun names, there's not really that much to to grasp in terms of really you know developing a fandom in baseball. And so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of happens the next few years here, um, you know, as we get down the road. And and you know and and just as a as a quick note, kind of here too, as to why people really won't be following baseball. I think it was like the, I think two years ago they changed the the rules so that when the pitcher is throwing the ball they have a they basically have a shot clock where like yeah. there's a certain amount of time that they that they you know they count down and they have to pitch the ball in that time. Despite making that rule change, the games on average this year were still like I think the average was like three hours and fifteen minutes, which is ten minutes longer than what than what it was last year and the year before and everything. And it's like, despite the rule changes they're making, to try to speed up the game because that's the only way that you're going to get people to watch. 
the games are so longer on average than, than in other years. And so it's like, I don't know how they're going to fix that. I think it's probably just going to be kind of stagnant for a while here. Um, but yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So that, that's kind of our baseball talk. Yeah. Like I said, baseball, just, I don't know, not, not big baseball guys, but yeah. I mean, moving on to our next topic is the NBA and the NBA we haven't played many games. Season just started in, you know, mid slash late October, whatever. But we've got a couple topics here. And the first topic is early season reactions, right? So we've got the good, the bad, and the ugly. We've got the good, Bulls and Warriors, right? Warriors, nobody expected that. Last season, we saw, you know, without a Clay Thompson, right? It you know, you've got one of your best shooters. He isn't he isn't in the lineup. Whatever. So yeah, their roster was kind of decimated, but they kind of just kept on falling apart more and more, right? But if you think about it, dude, I mean they have like they still have chemistry. You know, they Steph obviously best shooter in the NBA right now, possibly best shooter of all time. And I mean, like when you have when you have a guy like Steph Curry, he's I mean he's gonna put up. 30 a game right and so we're expecting from him a good game we've got Jordan Poole in the lineup also who's a pretty good facilitator he's also a pretty good scorer we still got Draymond Green you know like they still they still have guys that, that that can get the job done and I think that it's really shown you know this early in the season and also I think a lot of the guys I mean everybody trusts trusts Steph Curry to do his thing but I think that if you give Curry, you know, if, if nobody tells Curry to stop shooting, even, even if he has a bad night, right? Like if, say, say he goes, let's just say, you know, two, two for 10 from three and he has a really bad night. He's, he's had those kinds of nights, right? I mean, he, he, the volume that he shoots is just insane, but like say he has a bad night, nobody should put him down because if it, you know, if, if you lower his confidence, he's not going to do as well. Right. So I, I, th- I think, from here on out for the Warriors, I think it's all about keeping Steph Curry's confidence up and keeping him in the MVP conversation because that should have been done, you know, every year that he's been in the league. So, yeah, I think, you know, that the Bulls too, the Bulls, I mean, they, I think they just have like, I don't know if it's been luck or, you know, chemistry or whatever. I mean, yeah, like Lonzo, they now have Lonzo Ball, but like it, I mean, they're, they're looking good and I haven't, I haven't watched many of their games, but, I mean, yeah, like Lonzo Ball's a good addition. You know, they still have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and everything. So, DeMar DeRozan, I'm like, he's he hasn't been really known as, as a shooter, but I feel like recently he's been he's been kind of getting shots up and getting them to go in. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, those those two are pretty. They're kind of surprising, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I mean, is is the Warriors being good? Is that ever really surprising? But I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have Matt actually talk about the the bad and the ugly here because I think that he has probably some better takes. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally agree about the Warriors. I think that you know, I, I think Steph Curry is probably gonna win MVP. I mean, he should at least. I don't, I don't know if we'll get the I don't know if we get the recognition, but right, the the stuff that Warriors are doing so far without you know without Clay Thompson is amazing. Andrew Wiggins is playing well. They also don't have James Wiseman yet. You know, he's still although they they don't know if he's if he's gonna work out really. I think I've heard some stuff that they're not you know they don't really like him that much. Um, <laughs> 
but but yeah but no i mean they've been playing really well and i think that you know they, they always have high expectations but i think as of late especially with you know with the lakers getting better and, and obviously the bucks you know doing what they've done the past couple of years you know it, it's kind of been a soft landing for the warriors in terms of being bad and, and especially with all the injuries they really haven't had that much expectation and so i think going into this year it's kind of more of the same but they've they've, out, they've definitely exceeded expectations and i think that you know we, we should start considering them as a real as a real contender in the west with the bulls yeah they've been really good they've just played horrible teams and i think that's really where what it comes down to i think the combined record of their wins uh have been against teams whose combined record is like three and 13 or something so um so they'll, they'll probably come back to earth you know here in a bit um so yeah so i'll cover the bad and the ugly here so the bad i had bucks and Suns, and obviously we know that they played in the finals last year at, if the playoffs started today and obviously yes the playoffs don't start for like another six months but if this playoffs started today the bucks and the Suns would both not be in the playoffs um they both gotten off just you know a little bit of i think they both are i think the bucks are four, five, five and four or four and four the Suns are three and three or three and three and four and three something like that so so they're kind of they kind of even records um but uh but yeah so they'll, they'll obviously pick things up it's the bucks it's the Suns. the i you know, there, there's nothing. There's nothing really to say much there. I think else. Um, it was just funny that both of them were in the finals last year, and so far they haven't really been doing that well. Yeah. And the ugly, and I have the Celtics, and I have the Clippers. Now, we could go on for hours about how the Celtics have just, you know, continuously. I just think had had such great draft capital and just not really done much with it. And so you say, okay, great. They have Jason Tatum. They have Jalen Brown. They have Market Smart. But it's just, it doesn't really work, especially when they get into the playoffs. And I think we're now even seeing it, you know, start to affect them in the regular season. I mean, they had a game against the Bulls, actually, on, I think on Monday, where they were up by, I think they were, they were up by 16 to start the fourth quarter. They got outscored by like 32 points in the fourth quarter alone. And they lost the game by like 14 points. So it was just, it's a, it's a disaster in, in Boston right now. And, and you even see, you know, reports starting to come out and Marcus Smart, I think went public with it. And he said, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum don't even share the ball. And so it's almost, yeah. it's honestly this, this weird, you know, kind of inner team struggle now for who's going to, you know, who's going to possess the ball and who's going to take shots and everything. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, you know, pans out for the rest of the season i wouldn't be surprised if if they don't even make the playoffs i mean i know that's that's a little bit of a hot take but if they can't get things together you know not only are they gonna be out early in the playoffs they might not even make it to begin with then we have the clippers i guess they get a little bit of a pass because Kawhi Leonard's gonna be out for you know for the next like three or four months and so you can't really say that you know they're even close to full strength but we saw what they did in the playoffs last year. And again, they were just underwhelming. They, you know, they were down three, one to the Mavs in the first round. They came back to win that series by like the grace of Paul George, but I don't know. I just, it, 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 they've, they've tried to build something there after Chris Paul and Blake Griffin left. And you, and you had, you know, you had that kind of, that kind of vibe there, but it just, it, it's not really working that well. And, and I think, you know, you can't really rely on Paul George to be your, you're saving great. You, Paul George is not your Steph Curry, right? Let's put it that way. And yeah. I think, you know, he was like that for the Pacers back in 2013 or whenever he led them to the Eastern Conference Finals. And obviously they got swept by LeBron in the heat, but you know, that, that that's neither here nor, nor there. I just think the Paul George can't be the number one on your team and, and sort of, you know, Reggie Jackson's been playing really well for the Clippers. Um, and, and you have um, um, Terrence Mann, he's also been playing well, but it's like, 
they just haven't really gelled well. I think this season and, you know, and, and I think, you know, last night even, right. They're playing the thunder and let's, let's be honest, people, the thunder are trying to tank. They have all the draft capital in the world and they're only trying to get more. And, and it, they, the, the thunder were winning the entire game. And it's so funny because you think, I think the, the Clippers went on like a 10 to two run in the, in the last minute of the game to win by five. And it's like, you're playing against a team who's trying to lose. And it's funny because they probably, the Clippers probably won that game because the Thunder are trying to lose. So, yeah, so it's an interesting, you know, kind of thing there, but that's kind of just where we're at right now with, with those teams. And, and I think obviously, you know, a lot of it will kind of, you know, pick up and, and during the rest of the season. Um, and then just a quick, quick, quick topic here that I wanted to address a little bit too. Um, can the East close the gap this year? I don't really know if that's necessarily even a fair question now that I really think about it because the East, probably in the Bucks, you know, they won the championship last year. So, so it's a little bit of a different, you know, kind of, kind of feeling here. But if you, if you just look at the difference in talent, I guess, across the teams in the East and the West, the West is just so good. I mean, you know, the, it's going to end up again where the, the team that misses the playoffs in the West would be like the four seed in the East. And then it's, it's probably just going to continue to be like that for, you know, for a little bit longer here. I think the East is starting to, you know, as we saw, you know, we had, we, you know, you know, the bulls are, are starting to pick things up and, and I think, you know, some of the teams in the West may start to falter, but, uh, but yeah, so that's just kind of, that's just kind of, I think the state of the league right now. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. I think, I think another thing to note that I know that Matt has mentioned to me in the past is that Paul George he has, I mean, I guess he kind of has to, but he has been doing a lot better than he has been in past regular seasons. Usually he just shows up in the playoffs, but he has kind of been carrying the Clippers to whatever success that they've had or lack thereof. So, I mean, yeah, whatever we want to make it that we can, but yeah, that was kind of a short NBA segment, but we are kind of running over time here. So I, there is one more thing. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get into golf today, especially because, there's not really much coming up. I don't know. I mean, Matt, are you, are you good with that? Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I can talk about all day about golf because I'm a golf nerd, but yeah. Yeah, no. yeah I, I got you. Yeah, so the last thing we're going to talk about is NHL, which this is kind of another one. I, I'm i not a huge fan of NHL, but I like to follow it when I, when I can, and I did some research on our topics today, so hopefully I can kind of I can kind of give, give a good perspective here. But... So pretty much a, a lot of what we have here is, 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 is surrounding like the Panthers. Okay. So the Panthers, they are eight Oh and one right now. And for those who, of you who don't really know um, how hockey scoring works, the one isn't So if you're eight on one, it, it isn't a tie. It means that you either lost an overtime or in a penalty shootout. So they lost an overtime. I can't remember who, like who they lost to, but yeah, so they're eight zero and zero and one. So they don't have a they don't have a um, a regular time or a game time loss yet. And the crazy thing is that their head coach, their head coach Joel Quenneville, he he basically like stepped down after there was there was allegations because he used to coach for, for the Blackhawks and there's allegations um, of I think sexual assault and stuff like that at at um at the Blackhawks organization and he was basically found out as being part of that and so he stepped down and the Panthers they're doing so well right now so I I think it's I don't know it's just kind of it's it's a weird situation where your team is doing so well and you haven't really been known for being that good and all that success basically 
is kind of in question now that he's gone. And so they have, there's a few guys that they're looking to hire. They're not going to go with the interim head coach who was the assistant coach, but now is the, the head coach. They're not, they're not going to, um, his name is Andrew Burnett, by the way. I, I just saw that, but they're not going to stick with him probably for any much longer. So, um, so yeah, there's three guys that I see here. John Tortorella, he has, and all of them have Stanley cup experience that they, they could hire him. I mean, they could hire these guys, but um, yeah, John Tortorella is the first guy. He won Stanley cup with the Tampa Bay lightning back in 2004. Mark Crawford. He also provides Stanley cup experience. You know, it, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, there's just a, a few guys that they should go after and that, um, you know, that are out there. I know um, this guy, Dan, Dan Bilsma, he won the Stanley cup with, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins one year, but he, he's now a coach for um, a minor league team. I'm pretty sure, but they could, or I think he's an assistant coach for a minor league team, but they could bring him up and pretty easily stick him right into the Panthers organization. So, yeah, I mean, it would be cool to see where they go from here. I guess, like, I'm not too much of a managerial guy, so I don't really care about who they get. I think I care more just about, like, how they deal with it and how if, – if they can continue the success with whoever they get as a new coach. And hopefully they will be able to because, honestly, like, I'm getting kind of, t- kind of tired of the Lightning and them being so dominant. So I just – I don't know. I, I want somebody else to win. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll hand it over to Matt if he has anything else to say about the, the Panthers. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that was pretty much – you kind of covered all of it. I wasn't even really going to talk about the, the you know, the, the, the next coming in coaches or whatever. Um, I just think it's an interesting kind of, you know, dynamic where you have this team that came out of nowhere. They weren't supposed to be – I mean, they were, they were going to be okay, but they weren't supposed to be, you know, 8-0-1, uh, you know, for what they started as their record. And then you have the news of this coach and, it, you know, he steps down and he's been doing a great job. And it's just, you know, and obviously, you know, it, it's probably better for him not to be coaching the team, but, you know, based on, based on the allegations that did come out, but yeah, it's just, it's just kind of sucks to see how great they started and it would, it would have been fun to see kind of where they went. Um, but now, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what does happen in terms of the new coach that they hire and if they're kind of able to keep up this, you know, this, this great streak. Another team that, that's been kind of, I mean, they made it a little bit, you know, further in the playoffs last year. And so they're a little bit more established, but the Carolina Hurricanes, I mean, yeah. you know, five years ago, like this, this team was, was, was had the worst record in the league. And, you know, and, and again, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't exactly know, you know, all the, all the players' names and everything um, to go, to go super deep into how they turn it around, but it's, it's just good to see them winning. And I think, you know, these, these teams that, they're kind of just not really ever thought about or are, are just on fire to start the season, uh, which is really cool. So um, yeah, so that, that was kind of just, you know, that, uh, that topic that we wanted to cover the next one. Um, and again, this is just kind of early season. What we're seeing um, is the Canadians. And, and so, you know, they were in the Western conference finals last year, you know, they never, you know, they were, they were down three, one to the Maple Leafs in the first round of the playoffs. They won three straight, you know, got through it. It's like, yay, you know, Canada's back. They, you know, they, they swept the Canucks for nothing. It was like, Holy crap! This team's gonna go crazy, and then you know, and then obviously you know they they didn't get to they didn't get to the Stanley Cup, but uh, 
but yeah, it's just it's. I think they still. I think right now, I, you know, I forgot the record, but it's definitely you know they they have one of the one of the worst in their division. So um, so hopefully you know they can kind of turn things around here. Um, it's it's honestly looking right now. It's looking like they won't even make the playoffs. So it'll be you know it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens there um, in terms of you know in terms of their record going forward and if they're able to kind of turn around their performance and and hopefully kind of make a run you know like last year because I remember it was you know all those all those things about, oh, you know, they haven't won in like 67 years or whatever. And it was like, you know, all the fans have been so, you know, so loyal for all these years. And it was like, you know, this, this collapse, you know, once they, once they made this huge run. So hopefully it'll be, you know, I think it'll be kind of a good story, um, you know, for, for, for them to turn things around too. So I think it's just kind of the optimism that we're feeling in the first couple, in the first month here, you know, with the Panthers and the, and the, and the hurricanes and, and the, and the Habs as they, as they call them, um, uh, you know, and seeing if they can, if they can kind of continue this momentum and, and do some work kind of later in the season. Yeah. Um, if you – wait, did you, did you already go over the Avalanche or now? No, no. We, we, we can go over that now. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have anything to say about the Avalanche. Like I said, I don't, I don't really follow NHL like that. Also, it's just one thing to go off of on, on the last thing about the Canadians. I mean, it, like all this stuff, like a lot of the, the things that we talk about on this podcast, all of it is speculation and, like, I mean, it's it, – let's be honest, we're still in the first, within the first 10 games of the season. And there's on average about 70 games played in the NHL season. So, I mean, yeah, we're a seventh of the way, not even through the season. So yeah, this is, I mean, all very early and yeah, the Canadians very well can turn it around and make the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, if Matt, if if you want to talk about the Avalanche, you can, but I mean, other than that, yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it's just it's just kind of a uh, more of a I guess I guess kind of the opposite tone here as we were talking about with the with the Panthers and Hurricanes and kind of how they're starting off great. Um, it's it's a little bit on the flip side for the Avalanche here, who who you know for the past I mean last season they were supposed to have the best record in hockey. Um, you know they were good. They you know they 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 got a lot of points and they you know they made the playoffs and everything, but but they lost early. And and you know and I think it's kind of the same here. You know they go into the season they're the highest. Where they have the highest expected win, you know, point total um, in the whole league, and and it's kind of cool. I think again too is this is one of those teams that's just not a, not a um, a blue blood as you would as you would call it, you know, a northeast team that's doing a lot of work, but. Uh, and so I think it would be a cool series to kind of see someone like them, you know, win and and, and do well. But but yeah, it's just all the expectations coming into the season. I think you know I think they're they're what they're four and four or five and four or whatever. So it, it, again, they'll probably make the playoffs, but it's just is seeming like, you know, with all the expectations going in, they just can never really turn it around. And, and it's so fun to watch. I mean, if you have your have time, I guess, you know, if, if you're listening this late in the podcast about us talking about hockey, then, then I think you probably should turn on one of their games, just watch them play. They're, they're a fast team. They score a lot. And it's, and it's so cool. And Nathan McKinnon leads up a, you know, leads up a, a great line. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of potential with that team and everybody sees it, but it's almost like, it's almost like they're not really able to come out of nowhere anymore. And so they did for a while, but, you know, but now that they've kind of garnered the expectations that they have, you end up in a situation where, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of just mediocre. And it's like, you know, we, we want to see a lot more out of them. Let's, you know, let's see if they can make it to the playoffs and, and do well. Um, but yeah, but again, that's just, that's just kind of early season uh, and, and what we're seeing so far for the, for the NBA and the NHL. Cause I mean, you know, it, it kind of just started. Um, and so, yeah. And so we'll, we'll kind of keep track obviously for the rest of the season here. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely excited to, because, I mean, this podcast will definitely 
motivate me to keep up with NBA and, and, and NHL more. I, I, I keep up with NH and with any, whoa, wow. <laughs> I keep up with NBA more in the postseason. Like I, I actually do follow NBA in the postseason. NHL, I always say I'm going to follow it in the postseason, but I don't really usually until the Stanley Cup. It's kind of the same with every other sport except for golf and football. But um, yeah, I, I'm a pretty big golf fan too, which it's kind of sad that we, it's not really in season right now, but that's kind of, that was kind of one of, one of our topics today for golf was that it's not really in season. So, I mean, there's no real use to talk about it. Also, like I would hazard to guess that not a lot of people listening to this podcast are golf fans. And also speaking of, if you've made it this far in the podcast, I don't know how you have, but um, maybe you just like the sound of our voices and that's, that, that's all right. Also, I, th I think Matt and I have a very similar voice, so it'll be interesting to see how this comes out. Cause like on the recording, I know that I, we did like a little practice recording last night just to, you know, see how this whole, cause we're on zoom right now, by the way. So Matt's obviously in Northern Virginia and I'm in Charlottesville. And so we do this podcast with, I have a microphone. Matt is on his laptop. Hopefully we'll get a microphone soon. But we're on a Zoom call and we record, uh, we record our our Zoom call, and then I basically just download that audio and then put it into Audacity, and there you have it made. So yeah, I mean I'm you know I'm I'm gonna add I'm also this season, yeah, you guys probably aren't ready, but I'm gonna add some sound effects, which is there we go. I'm see, I'm upgrading. Okay, you get, listen, hey, you gotta you gotta appeal to what the fans want. I know millions of you have been hitting me up and asking me to put some sound effects in. So, you know, I listened and I've got you, but yeah, it's, it's really only going to be, it's going to be a sound at the beginning of each topic, like at the beginning of each sport, that's what's going to be. So um, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, you know, kind of get better as the season goes on. I think that's kind of something to, to, something to improve on, but yeah, if you guys have been listening this long or this far, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And I know that I'm really excited to continue to do this and hopefully Matt will continue to do it with me. It's not, that's what it sounded like when he, when he kind of asked to do it. And so, yeah, I mean, we're going to be doing this hopefully weekly until the rest, I mean, until like probably Christmas um, and we should be together for some of Christmas at least. So yeah, we should, you know, we should have some, some good content coming out for you guys. Hopefully get some other people on, you know, possibly AZ will possibly come back. Mitchell will possibly on every now and then. Uh, both of those guys are, you know, they're always, always welcome on. And so, yeah, I mean, whatever works will work. And so, yeah, thanks. Um, I, I just want to thank Matt for coming on and, you know, giving, giving, putting some time into this. And yeah, if you guys liked it, be sure to, um, to subscribe on Spotify if you haven't and follow on Apple it always helps and obviously share it with your friends and everything, but without keeping you guys too much longer, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll see you guys next time. I, I do have one more thing to say as we close out here. Right? Okay. Now, this is a gift for the people who've been listening through the entire thing. Right? We got, we got a lock for the week. Those of you guys who want some action. Right? Yeah. We got Saturday night. We got 7 p.m. We got Oregon State. Going down to Colorado, they're laying 10 and a half, all right? Colorado is terrible. 
Their defense is terrible. Their offense, they can't throw the forward pass. They haven't been able to do so for two years, all right? You want some action, you take Oregon State, you, you let it ride, and I promise it'll be profitable for you when you when you wake up on Sunday morning, all right? So lay the points, 10 and a half, Oregon State. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't think that I was going to put that in there, but you, if, okay, nowadays, you know, it, it, it used to not be like this. It used to be all clean and innocent. But nowadays, you can't talk to Matt about sports without getting into some kind of sports betting talk, you know? So, it, yeah, but if you guys if you guys want to go bet on that, then, yeah. I mean, it's, it's in Matt's hands, so you can always blame Matt and tell him to pay you back. But, yeah, but thank you guys for, for listening. We really appreciate it, and we will see you guys next time.